0: This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Good evening, everybody. It's so good to be in church with you tonight. Amen. You excited? God is good all the time, and there's always something exciting happening at Christian Family Church. And this week on Saturday is our Serve Our City Day. And we are so excited about that because, you know, it's just such a great time to evangelize. People come in, they're like, who are you? Why are you doing this? Thank you for doing this. And it's a great time just to reach out and show people really the love of Jesus. And so if you have not yet registered on one of these 48 different choices that you have. I'm really encouraging you just to do that this week. As I said, it's happening on Saturday. All you need to do is click the links, as I said, and if you're not sure, phone Pastor Tracy. She knows everything. Okay, I'm just joking, but you'll find it, it's easy, register, be there, it's going to be amazing, and next week on Sunday night, we're going to have our community night, you know what that means, we're going to spend time together, just chats out there, we're going to have food trucks, and it's going to be po- castles for the kids and the whole big thing, and they got to keep me off the castles, it's not fair. <laughs> Well, I'm excited, family, to be able to share the word with you tonight. And I just want to, as always, give a really, really big thank you to Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev, mom and dad. It's always such a humbling experience to be able to to stand up here and and share with you. But I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Amen. Can we just bow and pray for a moment? Father, oh God, we just love you so much. And thank you, Father God, for each and every person that's here each and every person that's watching online, also in the family room, in the mommy's rooms, all over, Father, thank you for each person that has taken the time to be with us in the service tonight, to give you honor, Lord. And God, we just appreciate you so much that you are always there for us, Lord. And tonight, Father God, I wanna thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity of being able to share the word. And I know I'm nothing without you and I can do nothing without you. And so I give myself completely to you, Holy Spirit. You are the teacher. Thank you, Lord, that you take this word to our hearts. Thank you, Lord God, that it's planted in good soil. Thank you, Father God, that it has a great harvest, not only in our lives, but to be able to feed others as well. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus and receive it in Jesus' name. And everyone said. Amen. Well, family, I'm excited tonight because you know we're starting this brand new series, and tonight, really, what I want to do is lay a foundation for this teaching, which we're calling "All In" through the series. And you know, we've been teaching about the extraordinary relationships. How many of you enjoying that? Wasn't it just wonderful? And I, you know, always kind of have this picture of the cross. You know, where you have the horizontal beam, which is where we really relate to one another. And then we have the vertical beam. And this series is about that vertical beam where we focus on God, how we make our walk with Him even deeper and more meaningful. And I think that's something each and every person, you're here tonight, you're listening online, so I know it's something that's close to your heart. So I'm going to get straight into it a familiar scripture, which is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, 11. We saw it on the screens earlier. And I love the scripture, you know, because in actual fact, this is a scripture that is spoken over the Israelites as they were being taken captive into Babylon. Isn't that amazing? And the reason for that is is because they had been so disobedient for so long, right? And in this situation, God speaks this amazing word over their lives. So I want you to know tonight that, you know what, it doesn't matter where we're at, that God has got something. In fact, it says this, it says, I know. He says, I know the plans I have for you. And I want you to know tonight that even if you feel, you know what, I've, I've just messed up so many times. I just, or maybe I've just been serving God for so long. I want you to know God has a plan for you. He has more for you, wherever we are at, God has more for us. And then it carries on, and says, therefore, good. You know, it just amazes me how people seem to think, well, you know, if I get born again, I mean, it's just so boring. You know, maybe I'm gonna go to heaven, but I don't know if I'm gonna enjoy the journey at all. And that's just not true, family. You know, people think, you know, being a Christian is just no fun. It's just, it's just so boring. You know, how many of you know that's not true? God's plans are good. Amen. Can we say, let's say God's plans are good. Amen. And says to give you a future. And probably the second most asked question that we get is exactly about that. You know, I've got questions about my life, about where my life is going. Well, I must tell you this, <laughs> that God knows that, and He's the only one that can answer that. And I believe through this series that we will receive those answers, amen? And then He says He's going to give us a hope. Boy, and don't we need that. I think all of us need a bit of a hope, amen, family? But how many of you have noticed that, you know, even though the Bible would say that, that God has got a plan for your life, and it's good, and He's got a future, and He's got a hope. But here's the thing it doesn't happen automatically amen now we find the key to this in verse 13 you can have a look at it because it's saying here, you'll find it if you look for me wholeheartedly family the truth of the matter is is I'm never gonna get the best that God has to offer until I give him my best now there are people unfortunately you kind of dabble in their faith you know I just want to get fire insurance I don't go to hell That I can just go to heaven, and they sort of do this thing where you know I just I just want to do I'm gonna dabble a little bit and and my spiritual journey is a bit sporadic and you know I'll come to church if well if I haven't sort of got something else planned and you know when things get a bit bad then I'll check in with God but if everything's going good then well I don't really need to speak to him that kind of thing you know what I'm talking about. So through this series, what we're saying, and I believe what the Bible is saying to us here, can we consider, and we as a church, we're saying, family, can we consider just upping our game a little bit, where we can just go to a new level in our faith journey, where it is wholehearted, where we're genuinely giving to God our 100%. And I'm saying again, I will never get the best of what God has for me until I am giving him my best. And probably for me, this is probably one of my greatest revelations in serving God. You know, I grew up in church. We went to a denominational church, so we kind of had this thing where we would check in with God on a Sunday, but for the rest of the week, we would live our other life. And when I came to CFC and I heard the word being taught, me, I realized that life is a lie. It's not the relationship that God ever wanted for us. Amen? And I mean, what I love about CFC is that, you know, our our pastors love walking a journey with us, that we can experience the all that God has for us, and that we can really just even understand what that path in serving God should look like. And so I want to throw this word out to you tonight, which is engagement. Think about this. Let me ask you this question, how engaged are you, are we in our our faith? Sometimes it's good to sit back and just do a little bit of self-assessment and say, you know, what is the level of my engagement and how much of God do I actually have in my life and am I living out in my life? Is He actually a daily God? Or is He a once a week when I come to church or maybe once a month when I come to church? or I know there are folks that, you know, maybe it's holidays, Christmas and Easter. <laughs> we all kind of try and get to church. Family, how engaged are we in our faith? Amen, and we really wanna do everything possible to up our engagement, and not only with God, but also right here in the church. And we really want to, to, to do what the Bible has asked us to do. And the, the biblical word for this is actually disciple, a word we're all familiar with, right? I just think about you know the ministry of the Lord Jesus. It's fascinating to me how when he was, wherever he ministered, the multitudes followed him. For what reason? They wanted to get something from him, truth be told. But you know what's amazing? He always came back to his disciples and that's where he invested. And at the end of his journey, there was 120, I believe, disciples. Right, 12 apostles and all the others that he drew in, 120 disciples that were left. So let me ask you this question. Well, let me first give you this, this definition of what I believe being a disciple means. It means how we have grown since our decision to follow Jesus. And the question is this is how are you growing since you made this decision to follow Jesus? Let me take you to the word, Ephesians chapter two and verse eight, again, a very very familiar scripture. It says, for it is by grace that we have been saved, right? Now this word grace, what it means is that we receive something from God that we actually don't deserve, right? The opposite of that is actually mercy, is where we don't receive the thing that we actually do deserve, okay? And God gives us both, but we are saved by grace. Okay, so we've received something from God that we don't deserve and what is that? It is the forgiveness of our sins, am I right? That we can stand before him completely cleansed and the reason we didn't deserve it is because we were the ones that committed it and Jesus took it all upon himself so that we can be free. But family, this is, Bible carries on, it says this is not from ourselves, it is a gift of God. And I I just love the language here because it says, it is not by works, so nobody can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Amen, family? But you see, the thing is that what I wanna say here is this is that the Bible says it's not by works that we've been saved. And I love this because there's no work involved. There's nothing that we can do. I mean, we can't attend enough, you can't read your Bible enough, you can't pray enough, you can't even ask forgiveness enough to get saved because Jesus gifts it all to us. We can't earn it. Family, we can never be able to say, I got myself saved. But I want you to just have a look at the next verse because a lot of people get stuck right there, you know, and it's grace, 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 everything is just by grace. I don't have to do anything, it's all free, doesn't matter what I do, God's just going to love me anyway, and we've got to know that really is not true, because He does give us salvation freely, but then the Bible says in the very next line, it says, for we are God's handiwork, and I want to stop there, because in the NLT it says we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to get to work right? Now is the time that we we work. It's not to get our salvation. We cannot earn it. Family, I mean, We can't work to get saved. We work because we are saved. Amen. And it says, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And something I love that Dylan Long said, he said, you know, you don't want to stand before God. And he says, okay, so you did this, but this is what you didn't do. Love what it says in Philippians 2 and verse 12, it says, work hard, right? It's not to get saved, family, but to show the results of our salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. And then it says it again, for God is working in you. And here's the thing, you know, that God wants to work inside of us, but we have to allow Him to do that, if we don't allow Him to, God will never override our will. We understand that, right? So the question is, are we allowing God to work through us? Now think about this. Every single time that you decide to make a choice that you're going to do something, how many of you found that there's a bit of resistance? You know, someone says to you, you need to read your Bible. Apostle Theo said it this morning. And there's something inside you says, I don't really feel like doing that you need to pray every day. Mm, I don't feel like doing that. you can ask Pastor Andre, when he's got to get up at four o'clock in the morning and go for a run, I'm sure he's saying, I don't really feel like that. But he's got to step out of bed and he's got to get changed and he's got to go. And in the same way, we also, we have to do that family. We've got to make that decision that we're going to step out and do that. And I can tell you this much, the moment we do that, the moment that we take the step, look what it says and carries on in Philippians. It says, for God is working in you and what he will do is give you the desire and the power to do it. So he'll give it to us, but we need to take that step first. We get that right. And then I wanna say, this is what happens, man. The moment that we step out and do it, You know, you pick up your Bible, you read a few verses, and suddenly you'll find yourself, God, this word is so beautiful. Thank you that you're answering my questions. Thank you that you've given me these things in your word, these nuggets. And you find yourself praising God, and you find yourself just praying out of great gratitude to the Lord and just doing it. But we take that step first, amen. And I want you to know, family, that we really just want everybody just to make this decision to take to step out a little bit and just walk in what God has for us. And I believe that this is what God wants for us so bad, just exactly what, what I'm saying here, just to, to walk in this, to take these steps to grow, to be discipled, and to receive all that God has for us. But it's gonna take our participation. So today, what I wanna say really is, I just wanna challenge you a little bit and say, I'm gonna do this. I'm going to take it to the next level. Because more than anything, we want people to walk in freedom. We want us to know our purpose. We want it to do something really that, that works for all of eternity. You know, it's, it's said that, you know, having, being in the ministry is almost like raising children. <laughs> you know, when you've got to shout in the morning, get out of bed, it's time to go to school. And then you hear, no, 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 school. I don't care, get out of bed. You're torturing me. I don't care, get out of bed and go to school right? Any moms and dads know what I'm talking about? But then suddenly when they get to their 20s, right? And they say, well, thank you, mom. Thank you, dad, for putting me through this torturous thing called school. But today I have an education. I can earn a living. I can look after my family. I mean, it's the same thing. And I love this scripture in Galatians 4 and verse 19. It's so wonderful. He says, oh, my dear children. And really, it's just like The Apostle Paul is looking at the congregation and he's saying, you know, you like my very own children. And he makes a statement. He says, I feel like I'm going through labor pains for you again. Paul said that. Now I don't know if Paul knows what that feels like. (laughs) But I know what that feels like. I can tell you when I had my children, it was just, you know, hundreds and thousands of women had babies before you just have a baby. There was no mercy, you just had to carry on. And I kind of watch these movies, you know, where these women scream and they're punching their husbands and they're doing, let me tell you, I didn't even have the energy to breathe It was so sore. Never mind shouting and s- screaming about it. But I believe that Paul must have had some supernatural <laughs> revelation of what that felt like family, Because he says this, he says, I'm going through labor pains for you again. And my labor pains are going to continue until... Christ has developed in your life. And I just believe it's a really good description of where we labor in the spirit for somebody's life. And I can tell you this, it really, really feels like labor, just working so hard to get something that is so, so precious, family. And also, we as a church, Apostle Theodore, Dr. Bev, the leadership, I want you to know that we labor for people in this church that Christ will be formed in them, that we would be the five wise virgins and stand before Christ, cleansed and fulfilling everything he has for us. And I can tell you this, when we see it, when I, we meet the people and we see how you guys respond to God, I mean, it's just like beholding this treasure. You know, we just forget all the pain. It's like, oh my God, just look. Look how beautiful this life is now. And just, they just, there are people that have maybe taken those steps. And so I really wanna urge you, in fact, beg you, just to take those steps, not for our benefit, family, not for the church's benefit, but for your benefit. So I'm gonna give you tonight as a foundation four steps that I believe could really help. And the first one is to make my relationship with God public, meaning making my faith, sharing my faith. And here's the thing, The way that we can do this is simply to be water-baptized. 27 times in the Bible, it says when somebody received the Lord, what they did is they went through the waters of baptism. Now, you may say, gee, why would you do that? I don't know, except that's what Jesus told us to do. In Mark 16, verse 16, it says, anyone who is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Let me read it again. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Pamela, it's it's, it's in the same sentence. It's actually the last words that Jesus shared with us before he went home. So if he asked us to do it, I'm saying, come on. He bled. He he actually suffered the worst kind of death. So I think we can get our hair wet. Amen? I wanna read Acts 2, verse 41. It says, for those who accepted the message and were baptized there's about 3,000 of them. Now, Pastor Andre, can you imagine doing a baptismal service for 3,000 people? Let me just say this, though. In the Scripture, it's speaking about numbers. Every now and then, we get criticized when we start talking about numbers in the church. But I want you to know the Bible does. Because why? Because people matter. If you had five kids, you wouldn't say, well, I've got somewhere between three and seven children. Why? Because they matter. We count what matters. I can tell you, we know exactly how many people got born again every single service with names and addresses. Why? Because they matter. Amen, family. So let me give you a little bit of baptismal theology, okay? This word baptize is actually a transliteration, which means there was no English word for it. So what they did is they went to the original Greek and the word in the Greek was baptizo. Okay, so they came up with this word, baptize. Okay, so what baptizo meant, it means fully immersed, submerged, in other words, underwater. So that's what we do. When many, many people do different things, we do it according to the Bible. We baptize believers under the water. And God picked this for us to demonstrate our love for Him, family. And we baptize into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now there's two places in the Bible And I'm telling you this in advance in case you hear this coming from some other source. One speaks about baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The other one speaks about the name of Jesus. So there's this big fight going on about, you know, well, you know, if you say it wrong, then maybe it won't take. And then the guy won't actually make it into heaven. (laughs) I kind of have this picture. You know, you get to the pearly gates and Peter comes charging out and he says, wait, 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 wait. When your head was under that water, They said it wrong. So actually, I'm not sure if you can come in here. Well, be at peace. We do it exactly according to the word, right? You've got it covered. We baptize believers. But we do not baptize babies because there's nowhere in the Bible that that is referenced at all. We call that a baby dedication. Now, if you were christened and you were dedicated, that's amazing and it's wonderful. Not undermining that, it's beautiful. Family, but you still need to get baptized because it is a post-decision, right? Let me say this. If you've made that decision to follow Jesus and you have not been baptized, family, then you need to do that. There's two things it's going to do for you. The first thing, it will demonstrate my changed life. We read this in First Peter 3 and verse 21. It says, in baptism, we show that we've been saved. Right? It's going to demonstrate to the world, my changed life. Now, the water doesn't save you. What the person says doesn't save you, right? We already saved. It demonstrates that we've been saved. Let me read it again. It says, in baptism, we show we've been saved, not because our bodies are washed clean by the water. It's a symbol, family, of us turning to God and asking him to cleanse our hearts, okay? It's a symbol. In the old days, what they used to do is they would baptize in rivers, and the people would wear like a white tunic, and they'd wear their soil clothes over that, and they didn't sort of go over backwards like we do. What they would do is when they went under the water, they would take their soiled garments off, and they would rise up, and they would be all beautiful and clean, and their soiled garments would go down the river. Just a a beautiful demonstration of a life that's been changed. The second thing is this, is that we let the world know that we belong to Jesus, and God wants us to do this. You know, I like to see baptism as the wedding band of Christianity. Now this wedding ring that I have on my left hand, is not the thing that makes me married, but it shows people that I'm married, that I belong to Pastor Simon. He's such a blessed man, he couldn't handle it. he's not even in the <laughs> No, no, <he's, yeah>, sorry. <laughs> he's in the family room, he's here. Okay, but it's just, you know, there's there's just, it's awesome. There are people, let me put it this way. There are people that would say, you know, I I don't really wanna do that. I want my faith to be out there. You know, it's a private thing. It's between me and God. That's not biblical. Jesus said, let your light shine. He said, in fact, he says, it must be like a city on the hill. Let me read to you Matthew 10, verse 32. Jesus himself says this. He says, whoever acknowledges me before men I will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. And if you say, no, I don't wanna do that, you know what, I'm, I'm just gonna keep it private. He carries on, he says, if you disown me, I will disown you before my Father in heaven not a good place to be. So I'm begging you. That's what we want to do. I've got great news. 20th of August is our next baptismal service. If you know somebody that's not baptized or you have been baptized, family, just let's do it. Amen. We've got a few weeks. You can register. Weather's a bit better. I mean, let me show you some pictures of our baptismal service. Come on, guys. Let's put it up there. And you get a free t-shirt. Look how beautiful that is. Right? Let the world no, I've just been baptized. Because I can tell you, are gonna walk out there with dripping wet hair, someone's gonna look at you and say, it's not raining, it's too cold to swim. What happened to you? And you can say, I have just been baptized because Jesus told me to do it, amen? So number one step, be baptized. Number two step I wanna give you right now is spend time with God every day. And you know, as Apostle Theo said this morning, there are people that have been born again for a long time And somewhere along the line, this is something that may have slipped away, but I need to say to you, family, God wants to hear from us every day. You know, it's no good saying, well, I'll spend a whole day with him in a month's time. You won't. This is relationship. Let me tell you something, you don't speak to your kids once a month. You speak to them every day, right? I love this verse in Psalm 5, verse 3. It says, in the morning, Lord, you're going to hear my voice. Two things there. It's Something we're saying to God that we're doing for him. But here's the thing that's amazing to me, is God hears your voice. How amazing is that? Another translation says he listens. Psalm 116 says he bends down to listen. Family, imagine God bending down to listen to your voice in the morning and he doesn't hear it. He carries on and says, and I'm gonna lay my request before you. I can assure you when we do this, we're gonna walk out of that house with more peace and more trust and more assurance, more faith because we get this opportunity just to spend time with God. If that is maybe something that you stop doing, do these three things. Just spend five minutes in the Word, five minutes in worship, five minutes in prayer. And if you're doing that, add five minutes to it. Family, build it up, amen. Just my favorite, favorite thing to just spend time with God. You know, I kind of try and pull it through right until we do live stream prayer, right until we pray with you, for you as a staff. Just love it. So the third thing, the third step we wanna talk about is choose the right relationships, family. Talk about our friends, talk about our relationships. In other words, let me tell you, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 13, verse 20, walk with the wise and you will become wise. A companion of fools suffers harm. Let me say this, think about this. Probably every wrong thing you ever did was in the wrong company. Maybe that first magazine, maybe looking at that movie we shouldn't have, maybe that first puff of a cigarette, listening to profanity and let it come out of your mouth. Maybe it's that first taste of alcohol, all in a companion of fools. And it's not enough to say, well, you know, I checked in the church on Sunday, so it's all good. Let me say this. It is good to be able to witness to somebody, but you don't sit in a seat of mockers. That's a dangerous place to be. First Corinthians 15, 33 says, do not be misled, which means we can be. It says, bad company will corrupt your character. It will corrupt your decisions. When I got saved there were three three kind of categories of my friends. The first ones were the ones who were ready to receive the word and get born again. The others I knew I could work on and they'll get there. The others were the mockers. I had to move away. So be careful of that. So there are relationships that are healthy that we need to have. The first one is a relationship with the church. Family, be a member, not just an attender. Amen. We need you to be here. Our membership course starts on the first week of every month, our next one starts on the 6th of August. It runs for one hour directly after the first service and the second service, runs for a four week period, but I encourage you to be a part of that. The second relationship that's really good is our small groups. Do you know we have over a thousand small groups? I mean, cater for everything, whether you're riding motorbikes or, or baking cookies. There's just so many things that are covered in these small groups, so be a part of that. We really want you to be connected. We want you to be discipled in these relationships. We want you to be studying these curriculums, praying for each other, growing, having accountability. Somebody that's gonna be there when you know you're doing well or, or somebody that's gonna be there when you're not doing so well. Somebody we can encourage when they're going through a rough time. We all need that. And the third relationship which is great is Be a part of a team, family. We really have that relationship where you're serving God with your gifts and talents and somebody is alongside you. That's where iron sharpens iron because you're gifted in the same area. Do you know that we have over 40 different teams with multiple people under each team, family? 3,000, over 3,000 functions that need to be fulfilled that we, it takes us over 450 dream teamers to make our weekend services work. That is all opportunities for to us to serve God. So number one, we're gonna go public with our faith. Number two, spending time with God. Number three is that we wanna spend, talk about our friendships and our relationships. The last thing, and this for me is so, so important, family, this single thing will actually solve more problems than anything else in your life. And really, We need to start making a difference in the lives of other people. Because the solution to your problem is not trying to solve your problems, it's having something far greater than your problem. This is when your soul comes alive, is serving others. You can just go and ask the over 2,000 people, dream teamers that are out there serving our city, making coffee, parking cars, behind the cameras, playing guitars, doing all of those things just doing something that matters in the service of the Lord. And you can ask them, most of them what they do is they come to two morning services, serve one somewhere and then worship, coming to the service and worship the other one. So it doesn't have to be first and second. But here's the thing, if you ask them, they'll tell you that their serving one is as much worship as being right here in the service. So I really encourage you. And we really have a value around here that we don't We don't just have attenders, family, because attenders consume. They consume the message, they consume the worship, and then they go home. But we are spiritual contributors, family, not spiritual consumers. We are the church, and the church exists for the purpose of bringing the world into Jesus. That's the reason that we give so much to our missions. And that's why we volunteer our services to our city. It matters. Why is that? I'm going back to Ephesians chapter two and verse eight, because you are God's masterpiece. You're not God's pew sitter. You are God's masterpiece. And you were created for these works that he prepared in advance for you to do. My friend, Jeanette, posted on Facebook this beautiful thing. It says, start by doing what is necessary, then do the possible. And before you know it, you'll be finding yourself doing the impossible. So I wanna encourage you with that tonight. I wanna ask you for a moment, if you would just just close your eyes, and I want you just to to really focus on the Lord and wherever you are at. I'm asking you right where you are, just do a little bit of self-assessment and say, how can I make my life more effective for the Lord? What step can I take that's gonna make my life, my spiritual life deeper? It's gonna take me into places that God wants me to be. What can I do that I'm not already doing to make it even better? Father, right now, as we, as we just, in your beautiful presence, Lord, we submit ourselves completely to you, Lord God. And our greatest desire, Lord, is to be like the five virgins who had their, had their flasks filled with oil, Father. And, and we wanna be those, Father. We wanna be your hands and feet. We wanna allow you, Lord, to work through our lives. We wanna ask you to make a difference, Father. And Father God, as we're sitting here right now, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're just speaking to each and every person showing us, leading us, guiding us into those things that you have for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And while you have your heads bowed and eyes closed, there are folks here tonight, maybe you're saying, gee, Pastor Jenny, I haven't even taken my first step. I don't even know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And tonight I want you to know that this entire service is all about that, is to get you to fulfill what God has for you. And all that you need to do is in a moment, I would love to be able to just pray with you so that you can make this change and say, I am a Christian, I am ready to walk this walk. And family, I wanna say this tonight. Let me tell you, this world is a crazy place. We need Jesus more than ever before. And you cannot do this on your own. So if you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm gonna give you, in a moment, an opportunity to raise your hand and we're gonna pray with you. And perhaps you're sitting here and you say, as I listen to this, I can hear that there are areas in my life, in my spiritual journey that I'm actually have fallen back. And let me tell you, if we are not going forward, we're going backwards. You never stand still. So if you're not taking your steps forward, then we need to, deal with that and deal with it straight away. But maybe you just feel, I wanna rededicate my life tonight. I just wanna make that stand and say, I'm making a difference. Or perhaps tonight you just want that assurance. You wanna say, you know what, I'm just actually not sure, but the Bible tells us that we will have an assurance in our hearts if we are Christians. So right now I'm going to count to three and ask you if you wanna receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you wanna rededicate your life to the Lord, or if you just want an assurance in your heart that you are going to heaven, I'm gonna ask you right there where you are for our online views, you as well, and the other venues. I'm gonna ask you right now, one, two, three, just raise your hand up right there where you are. I see hands going up, thank you very much. I see your hand, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, come on, just do that. And I want you to know as well, there's a battle for your life because the devil does not wanna let go. He wants you to be on the other side. Just raise your hand up right there where you are and say, I am making a stand to follow Jesus tonight. Just do that. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm just gonna give you one more moment. Thank you, Lord. I believe that somebody's having a struggle in their heart right now. Come on, just do it. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks. Let me tell you, when you stand before God, you're gonna be on your own. You're gonna be on your own, so raise your hand right now and do it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm gonna ask everybody, if you can just repeat this prayer after me, please. Just say this. Father, thank you that you made a way. Thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. Jesus, I receive you right now as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again on the third day so that I can be free, so that I can be a child of God. Right now, I receive that salvation. I am saved. I am free. I am a child of God. Thank you, Lord. I forgive everybody that has ever hurt me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources,